I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We believe it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We believe that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We believe that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Father, because we've exalted your word, your word even says that you magnify your word above your name. So we expect to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, I step back so you can step up so that everything that is said and done will minister life, direction, and peace to God's people. And Lord, I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following your word as you have promised. And Holy Spirit, we give you free reign in this place to minister to our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today starts our Survivor Series, which we do every year. And this is when we use our Sunday morning services And we split our 9 o'clock services, which are for married people, and the 11 o'clock service, which is what you're in right now, are for our singles or non-married individuals. So if you're visiting us for the very first time and you're married, the service for you was actually our 9 o'clock service, but I decided to do a similar message anyway that was catered toward the married people that I still believe you'll get something out of this morning's message. But on next week, if you're married, you're going to go to our 9 o'clock service. Now, when we split our groups up, this allows me to minister to each group in a very unique way. The series that we're going to be talking about, it's going to let me provide counseling to each person in an individual setting. And so our theme this year is called Uncensored, which means that I will be talking about things that need to be discussed. And I will say them a lot of times without a filter. So basically, instead of me trying not to hurt your feelings, I'm just going to say it. Amen. I would encourage you to come to church every Sunday because I'm going to be saying some things that's going to help you walk out your single life successfully. And So if you're taking notes, today's topic, I believe, can determine if you have a successful marriage or not whenever you do get married. So if you're taking notes, write down me, myself, and God. Me, myself, and God. And today's lesson deals with self-esteem. And when a single person marries, most of the time the marriage is in jeopardy before it even starts because before there can be marriage unity, there must be first be single wholeness. I'm going to say that again. When a single person marries, most of the time, the marriage is in jeopardy before it starts 
Because there must be, watch this, there must be wholeness before there can be marital unity. And most people, when they are, when they get married, they are not a whole person. They are looking for someone to complete them or they are looking for someone to make them whole. Therefore, they enter into the relationship a broken person. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Psalm 139, verses 13. Psalm 139, verse 13. And then we're going to look in Job chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I'll say those again. Psalm 139, verses 13. And then Job, or Job, if you need one. (laughs) Chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now let's start out by talking about what is self-esteem. And most of our doctors, psychologists, counselors, whoever they may be, we they all agree on this one thing, and that is self-esteem is designed or defined as how a person values themselves. How a person values themselves. And depending on how they value themselves will determine how they see themselves and how they feel about themselves. So let's start out first with God's perspective on who we are and how he values us so we can begin this truth being our foundation. So we're going to look first at how God sees us and then we're going to go into uh, how self-esteem helps or hurts our life. In Psalm 139 verse 13, this was David writing this. And he says, for you have possessed my reins. I'm reading out the King James Version. You have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows that right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret. Verse 16. Your eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in all in your book are all of my members written. Verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, I love the Living Bible. I'm going to read it just so you can get this. He says, You made all the delicate and inward parts of my body. You've knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know that, God. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and you scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking about me. I love Jeremiah 29, 11 because it mirrors this verse. It says, for I know the thoughts that I have and I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. In other words, God's thoughts towards us are good. And so I have a take-home thought for you. Here it is. How can a perfect God who makes everything perfect 
make a mistake when he got to you. I'm going to rewind that one because I don't think you got it. Here we go. How can a perfect God who makes everything perfect make a mistake when he got to you? Because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God made everything beautiful in his time. So why is it that the average person is not happy with whom God has made them to be? Here is why. The average single person is looking at the wrong part of who God made. Amen. It's because your focus as a single person is on the wrong part of you. See, when God created you, he did so in his image and after his likeness, which means, watch this, I'm about to say something. If there's something wrong with me, then there must be something wrong with God. I'm going to say that again. If you and I were made in God's image, and the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, we were made in his likeness. If that's the case, then if something is wrong with me, then there has to be something wrong with God. Well, let me give you some good news. There is nothing wrong with God, which means there is nothing wrong with you. Amen. God's image is spirit. Everybody say spirit. His image is spirit. Watch this. So if your self-esteem starts with the outside of you, not only will your self-esteem be low, but your self-esteem will be inconsistent. Here's why. Because self-esteem was never designed to come from the outside of you. Your self-esteem was designed by God to come from the inside of you. So how does self-esteem affect a person who is single? Everybody say that's a good question. How does self-esteem, low self-esteem, poor self-esteem, how does it affect a person who is single? Well, anytime a broken person enters into a relationship, they typically come into it with a need for someone to fix their brokenness. See, what's happening with a lot of single people? Watch this. They're waiting on Mr. Right or they're waiting on Mrs. Right to come and complete them. Watch this. They come to heal them when you should go into the relationship whole and heal. So if you go into the relationship broken, then that means you're going into this relationship with an expectation that whoever you connect with, they're going to fix you. They're going to heal you. And let me say this. That's not true. That's why I don't want you to believe the statement that God will use your spouse to heal you. I hear people say that all the time. God uses your spouse to heal you. Well, my thing is, well, what if they don't know how to heal me? Or what if they don't know that they need to heal me? Amen. What if, watch this now. What happens if, if you're the person that needs healing? What kind of pressure are you putting on that person to do something to you that they weren't even designed to do? Now, I do believe that God will use your mate, watch this now, to help you see more of him. Because when someone can love you with unconditional love and accept you, then you see how good God is, which should push you more toward God. When you get more toward God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to experience the healer. Amen. So, 
Self-esteem affects single people in many ways. And the unfortunate thing is, it leads them to make bad choices when it comes to relationships if their self-esteem is not where it needs to be. So here are some things, and I'm going to talk fast, so you're going to need to go on the website and listen to the message or buy the CD. Here are some things that single people do because they have low, poor, poor self, low or poor self-esteem. Because, see, some of you all don't know you have it. It's just like when I got married, I didn't know I was moody. Because when you're single, you ain't got to mess with nobody. When you wake up, you don't have to talk if you don't want to talk. When you wake up, if you want to just give yourself the silent treatment, you can. But when I got married, I didn't know I was moody because I didn't have to deal with nobody. So some of you don't know that you have lower poor self-esteem. So what do people who do that have? What do they do? Here's number one. They attract the wrong type of people. So let me just throw this out there. If you have been attracting the same old kind of person and that person comes out being the wrong person, chances of you having low self-esteem is high. People with low self-esteem that are single, they attract the wrong type of people. And here, let me just throw this at you. Predators will lose their prayer, their prey with what they think their prey needs. See, that's why you meet a guy and he knows the Bible, but he ain't living it. But since the Bible is important to you, then he knows what switch to turn on. But see, if you will be a smart individual and ask more questions other than are they saved, ask questions like when was the last time you went to church? Come on now. When was the last time you went to church? Do you pay your tithe? Are you involved in your church? Does your pastor know you? Do you have a real job? Show me your business card. Do you have an extension? (laughs) here's number two singles who have poor or low self-esteem they date the wrong people dating should be a prelude to marriage not something you do because you're bored or lonely here's the third thing they tend to accept abuse Because they feel that the person that is abusing them is the best they can do. Here's the next one. Because the average person's self-esteem or who's single comes from the outside, then a single person who has poor self-esteem will mainly use fleshly criteria to pick a potential mate. I'm going to say that again. When a person, when a single person has low self-esteem, what they will do They will tend to focus so much on the flesh that they use fleshly criteria to pick a mate. And that's why she can be fine as a dime with some change left over and be dumb as rocks. (laughs) That was unfiltered. I just want you to know that. That was unfiltered. See, the average person who has low self-esteem They don't see the real person. 
And when you don't see the real person, you tend to use the world's method to pick a potential mate. See, the world's method is the Bible says God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside. And so half of you who have low self-esteem, all you're doing is you're looking on the outside. Here's the next one. Singles typically accept the love. Watch this. They think they deserve. So if they don't think they deserve a person who will love them just as much as they love the person, they'll just accept what they get. They will, watch this, they will uh, pick people who just tolerate them. Here's the next one. Singles with poor or low self-esteem compromise and pick someone who they know is not good for them because they don't think they can do better. Here's the next one. They put more time into being pretty or handsome than they do being interesting. I'm going to say that again. Single people who have low or poor self-esteem, they tend to take more time trying to be pretty or handsome instead of being interesting. And then that's why Proverbs 31, 30 says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she's the one that shall be praised. I mean, who are you when the makeup comes off? Here's another one. They put their lives on hold. And here's, here's where I feel the majority of this room is at. Singles who have low or poor self-esteem, they put their lives on hold when they're single because they are waiting on the right person to share it with. Since they don't value their life as a whole person, they feel they have to find their other half to enjoy life. Oh, I'm not going to buy a house yet. I want my husband to buy me a house. Girl, you better buy your house. I'll clap for myself on that one. You waiting for this shining night on a white horse with some armor all. Armor all. He about as shiny and slick as he can be. No, no, no. Man of God, buy your house. Live your life. Because when you meet someone... You should be an addition, not a subtraction. Man, your credit score is so low, we can't even divide it by one. Come on now. Man, get yourself together. So what are the causes of poor or low self-esteem? Because I'm not just going to tell you what it is and how you act when you, when you have it. What are some of the causes? What got a person there? Here's number one. Undesired physical features. See, a lot of people don't like themselves. They have poor or low self-esteem because they have undesired physical features. What does that mean? They have a nose that they don't like. They don't like their height. They don't like their weight. They don't like their color. They don't like their skin. There's something about them that they don't like. An undesired physical feature is one of the reasons people have low self-esteem. And listen, you're going to have low self-esteem if it's going to come from the outside. Here's number two. 
perceived or real negative experiences from childhood. In other words, a lot of people develop low self-esteem through perceived or real negative experiences from childhood. Because, see, sometimes what happens to people is not what happens to them. It's their perception of what happened. And so if it comes into a negative experience in their mind, it's going to impact their self-esteem. Here's number three. Physical, mental, or verbal abuse of any time is going to impact your poor, your, your self-esteem. Physical, which includes sexual, mental, or verbal abuse of any kind. If you've been abused growing up, or if you've been abused, period, and if you didn't have on the armor of God, and if you didn't have the shield of faith up, nine times out of ten, it damaged your self-esteem. The next one is, and this is a big one, constant negative criticism from self or from others. A lot of people have low self-esteem because they've allowed the criticism of other people to get inside of their heart or they negatively criticize themselves. You wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, be like, oh my God. Here's the next one. This is big. Sin causes low self-esteem. We were all born in sin, the Bible says, and shaped in iniquity. But see, when you stay in sin, when as a, as a, as a, here's the thing. You can be a saint in sin. Amen. You can be a saint that sins. If not, then 1 John 4 wouldn't tell us, you know, that, that, you know, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us. God knows we're going to sin. But see, there's a difference between sin and sinning. Now, sometimes whatever lifestyle we had before we got saved, sometimes those things impacted our self-esteem. Here's the next one, which, which, is, which is big to me. One of the causes of low self-esteem is comparing yourself to others. And this is bad because, listen, if you compare yourself to somebody else, and a lot of y'all do it. You know, you, your girlfriend, she got married. And your other girlfriend got married. Now you you comparing everybody. Oh, well, how'd she get married? She 50 pounds overweight. <laughs> how did that happen? And then you see, you know, uh, somebody in high school who uh, wasn't the best looking person. And they're marrying this handsome guy. It's like, how did she do that? When you compare yourself to someone, the problem is somebody in the comparison game has to lose. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It is not a wise thing to compare yourself. You don't know. Everything is not equal. Amen. Here's the next one. This is big. One of the causes of low self-esteem is rejection. And we all experience it. But see, sometimes when rejection takes place, we don't know it's either happening or we don't know how to deal with it. And there are three ways or three ways in which you can experience rejection. One is from birth. See, some of you all don't know that when mama was pregnant with you, she didn't want to be pregnant. 
Oh, she loved you when you came out, but the man that got her pregnant, she didn't like. So here it is, her whole pregnancy, she was wishing she wasn't pregnant. Well, what that does is, watch this, the baby is going to feel rejection. If you are in this, I'm talking to somebody right now. This is that prophetic part of me. I'm talking to somebody. You just got pregnant. You're not married. You're single. And listen, I'm telling you, you're already pregnant. Enjoy the pregnancy. Be happy because if you don't, you're going to produce that rejection in that baby. And it is not the baby's fault. Enjoy the pregnancy. Amen. Rejection from birth. Rejection from childhood. I was talking to somebody recently. And when they were little, they had big ears. And so, man, they got all this criticism from all the friends, you know. You know how they make up. You know how kids are. And see, that's a form of bullying. We just didn't call it that growing up. But you talking about, you know, you making songs about her. Ah, oh, your mama is Dumbo and your daddy is Elephant and look at you. You got big ears, whatever. Now that person's grown and their head has caught up with their ears. They look normal, but they're still in pain because somebody called them big ears growing up. You can experience rejection from childhood. And then some of us experience rejection from life events. Amen. And here's the thing. People who have experienced rejection are so self-conscious that they think others are thinking about them what they think about themselves. I mean, that's why you can walk in the room and what's amazing, people who, 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 who have dealt with high levels of rejection, they, uh, they can walk into a room and think everybody's talking about them. You see them talking about me? No. And see, rejection plays a negative recording in your mind. And it'll play that recording over and over again. And the only person that can stop that recording is you. But the unfortunate thing is people who have high levels of rejection, they always feel that the problem is on the outside of them. When in reality, it's the problem on the inside of them. People with low self-esteem, they're like a tire with a hole in it. And see, some of you are right now. You need to deal with this area. Because before you get married, if you don't fix this part of your life, you're going to go into a relationship as a tire with a hole in it. And most people, most people that are married right now, they pumping that tire. And then, you know, if it got a hole in it, what's going to happen? It's going to deflate again. And so watch this. Now having to pump and pump and pump and pump. And let me tell you something. They're going to get tired of pumping. And the thing is, they expect the person they're going to marry, or anyone else for that matter, to put air in their tire. But it won't be in there for long. Why? Because the need is not for more air. The need is to fix the tire. And this is why, listen, this is why when people get married, they cheat. Listen, I saw, uh, how many know, have seen the, the movie, uh, the show Catfish? Have you seen the show Catfish? Okay, there's a show called Catfish, and basically it's about people dating people online and, and through, the, through text and all that. And, and, and they, they date the person, and they date them for years, and the other person don't really want to meet them. And finally, when they meet up, 
they, not, they, they weren't talking to the person that they thought they were talking to. So yesterday I saw an episode where this lady, you know, uh, she was married, started getting these crazy feelings. Oh, my husband don't understand me. Oh, you know. And so uh, she started chatting online to somebody else. But what she didn't know is that her husband had created a false identity. Hello. And she was chatting with her husband. So every time she wanted to share something, she would share it with this online person, not knowing she's sharing it with her husband. And so finally, when the show got together and they get to meet each other, he steps out of the car and she looks and goes like, oh, my God. She was talking to her husband the whole time. Which told, and I told Heaven and Chloe this. I said, listen, we were all watching the show together. I said, that shows that her husband had every need she could meet, that she had. In other words, she thought he couldn't talk to her that way. He could, but she never went to him. And people who cheat, they cheat because they have low self-esteem. They're looking for somebody to praise them. You better praise yourself. If you need a compliment that day when you wake up, compliment yourself. You better look in the mirror and go, man, you sure looking good, boy. You compliment yourself because if not, See, people who have low self-esteem, they're looking for people to compliment them. I'm not saying nothing's wrong with a compliment, but if you just have to have it, watch this, to feel good about you. Remember, self-esteem shouldn't start on the outside. Where should it start? Okay, so if you need a compliment from the outside to feel good about yourself, your self-esteem is not where it needs to be. You ought to wake up in the morning and know you are just as good. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I, I love my wife and she tell me all the time I look good. But she don't have to tell me. I know. With all of my heart. All of my soul and all of my mind. Eben Connor is rich, chocolate, and good looking. You ain't got to tell me that. Oh, don't even bother me. I don't know. And that's why if somebody tries to step up on me, they, ha- they don't have a chance. Because how they look has nothing to do with them coming on to me. Because, watch this, my self-esteem is not from the outside. So I'm not looking to see if they look better than my wife. It don't matter because guess what? I don't need them to tell me how good I look. See, if you have that, uh-oh. See, that's how you ended up with, 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 with Joe. I'm going to leave that alone right there. <laughs> I don't want to flow prophetically on you right now. <laughs> Here's the last one. Here's the last one. People who have low self-esteem, lack of knowledge. Uh, wait a minute. Where am I at? Okay, here we go. It's because they have lack of knowledge, whether it's spiritual or natural. Now, I'm going to explain that in just a minute. So what are some things that you can do as a single person? Well, I don't, 
Will y'all give me like eight more minutes? Okay, so because I was going to skip a section, but I'm not going to skip it. So what are some things that people do who have left so low self-esteem? I, I just want to tell you if you do this stuff. Number one, people who have low self-esteem, they constantly try to impress others. So if you're always trying to impress, 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 low self-esteem. Here's another one. When, you, when people mostly, uh, they give you compliments and you mostly respond negatively. Girl, that dress is nice. Oh, I've been having this dress for five years. I bought it from the thrill shop. They didn't ask you all that. They didn't ask you all that. They gave you a compliment. You should say thank you. But because your esteem is low, you can't even accept a compliment. Number three, people who have low self-esteem, they tend to have negative self-talk and they tend to have a negative vocabulary. Here's number four. They buy things and do things to improve themselves so that they can look better in the eyes of people. They're not buying it because they like it. They're buying it so that they can get compliments from people or they buy things or do things to improve the outside with the hope that it will make them feel better on the inside. Driving a new car should not make you feel better. Buying a new house shouldn't make you feel better. Okay, so what happens when the house burns down? How are you going to feel then? <laughs> they tend to be braggers and, and be self-conceited. They tend to take drugs or be sexually promiscuous. They tend to have the need for you to always compliment them. People with low self-esteem tend to be controlling because since they have little belief in themselves, they have little belief in other people. So they tend to want to be controlling. So how do we overcome self-esteem? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to knock this out real fast. How do we overcome low self-esteem? Number one, we must take self-esteem out of the feeling realm and put it in the knowing realm. We must take it out of the feeling realm and put it in the knowing realm. What do I mean? See, the reason most of you, your, your self-esteem is not where it needs to be is because it's based on how you feel that day. If you feel good about yourself, your self-esteem is good. If you don't feel good about yourself, your self-esteem is low. Now, we got to take it out of the feeling realm and we got to put it into the knowing realm. Go to Job chapter 12. I told you to go there at the beginning, Job chapter 12. Let me show you what I mean by that. Because it is your knowledge about who you are as a new creation that's going to determine, how, look, what level of self-esteem that you have. Amen. See, I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. So when you want to remind me of my past, I don't remember because I'm not that person no more. In Job chapter 12, verses 1, I'm going to read verse 3. He says, but I have understanding. Say understanding. I have understanding as well as you. And he said, because I have understanding, I am not inferior to you. Which says that people who have an inferior complex, it's only because it's something they don't know. Look in uh, Job chapter 13. Look in chapter 13. Look at verse 1. He says, lo, my eyes have seen all of this. My ears have heard it and understood it. Verse 2. He says, what you know. That's knowledge right there. He says, what you know, the same do I know. I am not inferior unto you. Job was saying... I'm not inferior because what you know, I know. And the average person has an inferior complex because they don't know enough of who God has made them to be. Because if you know who God has made you to be, you will not compromise in who you are and who God has for you. 
I remember one time, you know, when I was in Bible school, and this is, you know, me and Pastor Saul, we were friends at that point. And uh, when I when I left America to go to co- go to school, uh, my pastor had a guest speaker that would come in once a year every year, and uh, he married somebody from Trinidad, and he had uh, a sister-in-law. And his sister-in-law was scheduled to go to the same Bible school that I was going to in Jamaica and, and arrive at the same time I was coming. So they wanted to fix me and her up. So we knew about each other before I got to Jamaica. When I got there, you know, one of the rules were you can't date somebody the whole first year you're there. I didn't have a problem with that because I came for Jesus anyway. But I noticed she couldn't keep that commitment. There was a guy that just hounded her that really liked her. And so one day we was talking. And I said to her, I said, well, I'm going to keep my part of the commitment. They said, don't date nobody. Don't Look, you couldn't even spend time with somebody of the opposite sex. You couldn't even do that. Well, she was doing that. I said, well, listen, I'm not doing that. And I said, by the way, I'm too unique to compete. <laughs> what? I'm not. What? You can have him. I'm too unique to compete. Are you kidding me? Oh, you got two people you dating? <laughs> you got one now, brother. Here's the second one. We must know that acceptance from God decreases the need to have acceptance from man. I'm going to say that again. We must know that acceptance from God decreases the need to have acceptance from man. Because in a lot of cases, what people think matters more to us than what God thinks about us. And that's why I love Ephesians 1, 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein God has made us accepted in the beloved. God has accepted me in the beloved. And I love that word accepted because when you look it up, not only does the definition mean highly favored, but in Luke chapter 1 verse 28, when the angel came to Mary, he says, Mary, you are highly favored of God. It's the same word accepted, which means that God has highly favored me. He has accepted me. And guess what? If God has accepted me, who are you to reject me? And when you know that, You won't beg nobody to stay in your life. Somebody's begging right now. You sound like B.B. King. Here's the third thing. We must move self-esteem from the outside to the inside. That makes, I've been talking about that. Your self-esteem should not be based on how you dress, how you look, what kind of weave you got on that day. No, 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 no. No, no, because if your self-esteem is based on the outside, then you will never have a proper perspective for your self-esteem. It should go from the outside to the inside. And that's what happened to Jeremiah when you read it. God came to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, he says, you know what? I've ordained you to be a prophet and I've ordained you to speak. And and Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah came back and said, oh, God, I can't speak. I'm a child. Jeremiah was looking on the outside. God was looking on the inside. So guess what? The real you is not the color of your skin. The real you is your five. It's not your five head that you got. You know, as you get older as men, you you move from having a forehead to a five head. That's that hair going back right here. 
You salute from here. (laughs) Here's a good one. This is how you can raise your self-esteem. You must remember that Jesus paid a price for you and his price that he paid with his, was his life. Therefore, our value comes from his sacrifice and not from our past experience, our education, or our physical characteristics. When Jesus died, the blood that he shed is what determined your value, not your past experiences, not your education level, or not your physical characteristics. You are valuable because Jesus paid a price for you. So here's some practical things. Because at the end of the day, if you don't know your value, the enemy will take advantage of your life. So what are some practical steps you can take to improve your self-esteem? How do you improve it? Because some of you all need to start today. Here's number one. Listen to this CD until you know every word that I'm saying. Put it in. Go buy the CD or listen to it. Play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it. Until you know every word that I say. Because faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. Number two, make a card with verses that reinforce who you are in Christ. Look, you put it on a, on a card and you write it down and you memorize them. Here's number three. Do your best every day. I find so many Christians are lazy. Do your best every day. When you do your best, you will feel good about you. Amen. Do your best. Here's the, here's the, the next thing. Look your best. I'm not saying you got to dress up every day, but look your best when you leave out of the house. Even if you just got a t-shirt on, earn that t-shirt. Come out of there all wrinkled. When you come out of the house, look your best. Listen, if you're going to wear a weave, make sure it's straight. Come on now, brother. If you're going to wear a warm-up suit, make sure it matches. You got Nike shoes. You got a, a, a Adidas pants on. And then you got, you know, you got, you got a, a, a Dallas Cowboy shirt. And then a Tiger Woods hat. Come on, man. If you're going to leave the house, look, look, if you look good, you'll feel good. If you feel good, you'll do good. If you do good, you'll get paid good. Some of y'all will get a raise if you just change how you're dressing. Okay, here's the next one. Here's the next one. Develop a confession and say who you are in Christ out loud several times a day. Listen, I talk to myself. I was in, I was in. I was in AT&T the other day, and I had dropped my phone. It had shattered, and I went in there, and I, I wanted a new phone. They got this process, and so what you do is they'll send you a new phone through the mail. And the lady was like, well, sir, we're backordered, so we're not going to be able to get your phone until, like, next week. I said, man, why can't I just get one out of the store? And the guy that was sitting there helping me, he says, they're not going to do that. I put the phone on mute. I said, listen, I got favor on my life. You watch and see they do this. Ma'am. Uh, every time I slap my finger on this, the glass gets slivers in my finger. Oh, it does? We'll get you a new phone immediately. In fact, we were authorizing for you to buy it in the store. I said, hold on for a minute. Say that again. <laughs> and then I made the guy say it. I said, what did I say? Why did I say she was going to do this? Uh, because you have faith. I said, no, that's not what I said. So I made him say, 
Because you have favor on your life. I said, say it. Because you have favor on your life. <laughs> I got other people saying. Man, you want to say who you are in Christ. Man, I'm the head and not the tail in Christ. I'm above only and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, God causes me always to triumph. That I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Man, you start talking like that. Then it's going to boost your self-esteem. Here's the last one. You want to you improve, watch this, what you can change. But love what you can't change. If you can't change your nose, you can't change your hair texture. I know you think you can. Get that perm on there. But guess what? It's just going to be a little while and you're going to have to do it again. So you need change or improve what you can. But love what you can't change. And then the last thing, compliment yourself before you leave home and compliment yourself before you go to bed. Instead of looking in the mirror and say, ooh, boy, you look hard up today. You're going to look at yourself and say, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. God loves me so much, he has tattooed my name in the palm of his hand. Thank you, Lord, for loving me so much that you personally sent Jesus to die for me. I am valuable. I am loved. I'm forgiven. That's how you need to talk to yourself. And I believe God's going to cause a sweep to come through this congregation. And there are some things about yourself that used to bother you that I believe after today ain't going to bother you no more. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for the extra minutes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I believe there's a sweeping that's coming across this congregation. Father, many of the singles who have struggled, a lot of them, all of their life with certain issues, now they can see that the struggle was because their focus was on the outside of them. Instead of being on the inside. And so in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is greater than any name. That at that name every knee must bow. That means the knee of inferior must go. The knee of low self esteem must go. And Holy Spirit I ask that you sweep this room right now. Even as I speak. Sweep their hearts. Sweep their minds. Sweep their past, God. Let them know that today is the most valuable day of their lives. And I thank you for erasing and, Father, minimizing it to such a degree. But they, they might remember something, but it will no longer bring pain to their minds. And I thank you for them now. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, here's my question. And if you die today... Are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because here's the thing. If you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I want to pray for you.